2: This is David Moyes. This is Yapstam. This is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is your club,
1: and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter.
3: Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed plus lots of bonus content including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A so do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club
1: and get your family and friends to do so maybe even strangers in the street love you Welcome, everybody, to part one of Liam Henderson on The Big Interview. It's an old joke, I know, but it's a hard gig, this Big Interview malarkey. For my enjoyable and in-depth conversation with the excellent Liam Henderson, I was forced to travel to the industrial wasteland of Florence in Italy, which is gorgeous. Liam, an elegant... Really intelligent Scottish midfielder who plays for Empoli and is now firmly embedded in Italian football after four years in the country was already a listener to the big interview. And therefore, happily, he was easy to persuade. He was also early for the interview. We're talking about a guy who's played under Italian World Cup winner Fabio Grosso at Bari and at Verona and a Scot who's now firmly established in Serie A. Since the interview, he's had a couple of notable results in local derbies against Fiorentina and against Lecce. This is a guest who loves Italy, the food, the culture and the football. Indeed, I think he feels his talents are more appreciated in Serie A than in his native Scotland, where, frankly, he should be part of the international scene. In this interview, we talk about the influence of his professional footballer father, remember him, the differences in football culture between Scotland and Italy, and much more. Liam's a very enthralling storyteller, a very interesting man, and a big success in Serie A. Scotland should be proud of him, and everybody else should listen, simply to learn about life in Italy. Finally, thank you very much to all the socios who sent in questions for this one. And welcome to our latest member, Aaron Duckling. To sign up in support of this independent podcast and get the chance to pose questions to our guests, go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Last of all, thank you to my excellent new producer, Annie.
3: Listen, um... We're in Firenze. Um, we, we came in here to get away from the heat of the UK because it's only about 39.40 here. Um, I'd thrilled to say that we're with Liam Henderson, um, star of Syria B and Syria A, star at Empoli. Um, Liam, this it's is kind embarrassing here because, buongiorno, buongiorno, como va? Molto bene, molto bene, grazie. Yes. Perfecto. One of the things, dear listeners, uh, that, Totally enchants us at the beginning of you, but Liam is that he's he's come to another country, to another football culture, and not only thrived but learned the language. And I think it's become a dominant part of your image here in Italy because it, Italians, let uh, Italians are slightly idiosyncratic and strange, and you have to move towards them, I think, rather than say I'm here and I'm Scottish. That if you if you learn the language if you show that you quite like the culture i think they open to you almost in a childlike way and if you don't they can be very harsh and critical but you've made a big effort to fit in in italy you like
2: it here right no it's good yeah it's good obviously like we spoke before the first two years was a little bit tough and then obviously covid came which really even puffed up regarding people coming out and seeing but now i've been here. Four years, got the language, know when to drink the coffee, what types of coffee to drink, <laughs> what to put, don't mix the pasta or the chicken on the plate for, for lunch and dinner. No, but I'm good. I'm good, it's good. We're, we're going we're
3: to come to all the culinary uh, cultural things for sure because I feel that apart from entertainment, for those listening, you could teach people that are listening an awful lot about how to live the Italian way. But you said something while we were prepping up the um, interview and thanks to... <clears throat> our wonderful sound and vision assistant today, making her debut on the big interview. Well done, Annie. Um, You talked about the E word, that that all Scots and definitely all Brits, most Brits are are brought up with embarrassment. The idea that if you're on holiday or working abroad or living abroad, the idea that if you make a mistake, it's embarrassing, which is a terrible weight on our shoulders.
2: Did you have that when you came to Barry first? And if so, how did you conquer it? No, like I says, the first two years I spent most of my time just listening because I wanted to, I wanted to learn the language. I want to come here, and not speak Italian, just load the small phrases. But yeah, of course, you feel a no, I'm embarrassed. It's just, you don't have the confidence to speak. But now, even if I make mistakes now, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even bothered. I'm not even bothered like that. Say before, I can go in the dress room at half time, full time. And if I feel like I want to say something in front of the whole group, I can. I can say it in Italian. And I became kind of like a translator as well. Like if we've got boys from other countries outside Italy who don't speak Italian but speak English, the coach will ask me to uh, be the translator. And if you told me that four years ago, that would be a translator. Putting uh, English into Italian, I'd have told you. What. Pazzone, I think, means a little bit. Bad so is crazy. a daft. Yeah.
3: Well, that suits me fine. That's just about a perfect description <laughs> for me. What's Italian like as far as you're concerned?
2: I like Italian because everyone says it's like the language you love. It's, this, it's, a, it's a sexy <laughs> yeah. language. It's a revolting
3: place to go back to the start, inizio, um, because when you move, you move from Scotland to Bari. Now, Bari is different from Florence, where we are right now, and Impoli, where you live. Talk to me about the, the blizzard of impact, because I imagine that going down the south, south-east, you know if you, if you go down to the harbor and look out from Bari, you're looking at Albania yeah. it's one of the sites in Italy that has suffered most from the crisis we've got going on in the Mediterranean about people who are desperate to 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 get away from horrendous situations and are setting to sea in in craft where their lives are at stake when you when you went to Bari what are the list of things that immediately come into your head about the impact of the culture, the heat, the language, the food? On a young Scott who, who was initially a little bit unsure about what he'd chosen.
2: So obviously I went over, Celtic were quite good. They let me go over like a week before just to like train, see the place, make sure everything was all right. And then eventually, I eventually signed. But I found the I find the people in the south of Italy are very similar to the Scottish people. The fact that they're dead open, welcome and warm. Like I felt at home, but away from home. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So like in the south it was, uh, the south I feel good. Like wow. When I go to South, I always feel good. The South Italy, I always feel really, really nice. I feel kind of that full, and even though I don't speak any Italian, they would be, they would try and help me the most. That's fantastic. And they never spoke in English, but they would go out their way. There was guys telling me whatever you need, if you need to go to the bank, houses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Massimo did who played for Celtic and Barry, he got in contact before I went and says, "I've got a few guys there as well that'll help you out." So now when I went, they were the extremely open and. I don't know. I have a nice feeling in the south of Italy.
3: I'm guessing you, you're saying that's not because you were a famous footballer. You, you're saying that's part of a a general
2: cultural trait, a characteristic? No, 100%. Italy. 100%. Italy, football's like religion here. When lockdown was on, everybody just wanted the football to be back. Like, it's mental. This country lives in these football. The, you 100%. may as well say the phrase, more than Scotland? More than Scotland, yeah. More than we Scotland. have to say it. Which is... I never thought it would be possible, but they love, everything's based around football here, everything, all the people what i talking about is football, they lo- I've never seen the country love football so much in my life, and the passion in that for the, for the game is mad, so I think it maybe did help that I played football, but for example, when my mum and dad and my brothers and that came, everybody, everybody loved it straight away, everybody felt like, felt dead at home and I came, I came to Italy because of my dad, because obviously he watched the Channel 4 and the. When he was younger, you, you didn't see it, I guess. He bored you to tears with the. Uh, no, but when he was younger. For him, he says Serie A was the best league in the world. So obviously, I had maybe the opportunity to go down to play in the English Championship, League like One, or stay in Scotland. And my dad was like, why don't you try something different? Like your style of football, or suit in Italy or a Spain or a Portugal, something different. I think you should try something different because he says you can always come home. What was never going to move? It's always going to be here. That's really good advice. So I was like, uh, ah, let's go for it. But in the beginning, it was tough. I hate
3: interceding in a good story, but we've, we've all got parents. And when, when your dad was pushing you to Italy, how was your mum speaking to him? Was, was your dad in the doghouse for
2: a little while? Well, I think my mum was all right because she's obviously two younger brothers. I think it's when the youngest will then move out and she'll realise on and on. But because my two younger brothers were there, I think it made it a wee bit, a wee bit easier. But my mum came over for three weeks yeah. With me, we, she stayed in the hotel with me so when I first got there, and she helped me move yeah. into my apartment when I got there. So, my mum took three weeks off, uh, off work to come and stay out. Of it. And I'd done Rosenborg as well when I was 18. Of course, you had um, what, half a season
3: there. Half a season, yeah, half a season. Well, where, wherever we spoke English and the climate was the same as Scotland, so I'd imagine that even though you were younger, adaptation there was possibly a little
2: bit more straightforward. A wee bit i leave it, but it was a nightmare to get to because you had to do Edinburgh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Tronic. So it was a nightmare to get to, so I, it was difficult. Because I never had, li- And my mum had done everything for me up to the age 18. Oh, really? So it was a complete, having to cook, clean, uh, get to go, show, do the messages, get the messages, shop. good for you. No, it was really good. I, I grew up fast. In four months or so, I grew up, I became from 18, and I felt like I grew up like rapid when I came back. Obviously, I went to Hibs when I came back. And okay. Hibs, so.
3: But barring despite the friendly attitude, I'd imagine there were things where you went, whoa, this is, this is outlandishly different, whether it was, you know, the speed of people's, you know, cause oh, it comes oh. out of your machine gun
2: fast. So even if you think you've picked up a word, it's buried in 2000. And with the dialect that they have as well, like that every region has a different dialect. I find it hard here in Toscana for the dialect that they speak. I find that the hardest. I don't know why they don't pronounce their C's. So. It's but difficult here. Have you had a word with them? No, I've told the woman who the woman who organises the apartment and helps the apartment. She speaks so fast. She speaks so fast, and to her sometimes. But you could be a one-man grammar pronunciation. And police, neither here nor here. Here, you need to slow down a little bit
3: because it's. How, how do you say? How do you say? Like for anybody who's on on tourism and it. I'd say slow down, please. Pure piano per solo. Più piano per favore Pure lento. lento. piano. So the Barry dialect fine, but I don't know you well enough. But I have been around a lot. For Peter Beardsley's an example. Yeah, Peter Beardsley. We went to the Newcastle training ground to interview him, and he was finishing an eleven-a-side game that they have. They have with coaches and ex-pros every week, and he was training there at the time. And he knew that our interview was next. But such a good host, you. We'll go to the canteen. We'll sit you down because you've travelled far. We'll have a little lunch and then we'll talk. Sure. So he brought out really good steamed green vegetables and a lot of. I like turnip or ties and shepherd's pie I'm sure like okay very good I'm like Peter are you eating like, oh, I'm not touching that muck because Peter only eats sweeties I know he's a top bro never has never drunk won't ever drink but it, like he's addicted to like Toblerones and stuff and he, was, he wasn't having any of the the, the the specially prepared Newcastle diet for the footballers I'm not having any of that and I've been with players who are like oh, foreign food I can't touch that and anything that smells different now I'm certain by now you're not like that, but when you went to Barry, there must have been daily tests about, like you said, the coffee or they tend to separate the courses out and like different from us. What were the challenges?
2: Not to be, because I was always when I went for a coffee, like for example, I said, "Let's go for a coffee, my friends." It was Starbucks, Costa. So you're buying like a big, massive coffee and sitting for like two hours just talking. But here is, if you're like, "Let's go for a coffee," it's a tiny week's espresso and they shot it and they're like, "Right, I'll see you later." That's me away. Sure, sure. To seven minute burst of conversation, uh, a yeah. tip of sugar and caffeine, and then, going, and then you're away. No but could the sugar in the cafe explain why they talk so fast? Ah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe. But they drink about six, seven coffees a day. Six, seven, or do you sleep? I don't know. I don't know how they sleep. I think more now. For example, when I went back to back home, I feel like I'm. I don't like speaking like this because I say it to my mum and that, and my brother's my friend. But see the difference in the taste back home, even the coffee, the tomato sauce. It isn't coffee is it. it's it's no coffee. And then see when I came back here and I, I had just a basic when I came back for pre season I had a basic tomato pasta sauce with pasta and I was like, Oh my god, that's the best thing ever. But it's cause I'd spent like a month and a half back home and I was eating good food, but it's just it's just not the same taste. What it like
3: you talked to-
2: Beautifully about the language. Do you think it's
3: the love they put into the cooking? Probably, probably. probably. I feel like a food snob.
2: You know that way when I go back and I'm saying to everybody, "No, this is not how you do that. Not how you do that." Because I've obviously lived in Italy where they appreciate that food, like food football, and you know what I mean. religion's
3: is big here. The culture and Barry. Did Did you see a City that was struggling a little bit with the problem of asylum seekers was was that an issue when you were there?
2: Not really. Not really. No. no. Good.
3: Good. Not because. I know it's a subject that troubles Italy yeah. in general, because yeah. clearly they've got these open seas that that lead from North Africa and yeah. uh, places like Albania. I,
2: I think more when I when I did see that it was when Brexit happened, right. and I had to go to like the Questura to get my because to stay here now we need this permesso di soggiorno, and uh, I did it in Lecce, so it wasn't too bad. Lecce was quieter, but Rebecca, when she was doing it last year, she says she was nearly in tears when she went to like the. Cause, seeing seen all these people outside, the children, etc., crying and stuff. She's, she says she went. She says there must have been about a thousand people there uh, when she was get, but she was lucky enough. She managed to get the thing with them because it was done to so the club. Yeah. But she says the people waiting outside, just trying to get this permesso, so they can work. She says it was heartbreaking. She was like, she got real, she got real upset about it when she came back.
3: It's something I ask because we live in in Barcelona and. There, there's a monument uh, with an electronic, I have to say, ticker this month, this year, deaths of people yeah. trying to come across. And, uh, you know, it, it's not a subject for a football interview to go into depth about. But I've, I find the hard hearts who are just like, you know, these are bad people and they can't come in incredible to listen to because when you're putting to sea and
2: risking your life, not. there's something badly wrong. And you're right that it's 2022 20, as well. So for me, it's for me the stuff that is, is happening in the world now, it's it's hard to comprehend for me.
3: We were what's happening last night, and I showed you a picture of all oh, your first goal, yeah. a goal that you, you you follow up with a a beautiful assist. Although you were talking some nonsense about corners don't count assists. Yeah. you run to Yuri Balkovich and yeah. to celebrate, and the two of you are dancing a little private dance of yeah. I've done it, I've arrived. There's a goal, it's yeah. fantastic. The Bari crowd, although it wasn't a gigantic crowd, was noisy. What was that moment like? Uh, why did you
2: run to him? How did your teammates react to the, I, the young foreigners done it? I arrived. With, it was funny though because I arrived, when I arrived to Barry, Yuri, Yuri was signing Yuri was signed from uh, Domžali, the team in Slovenia. Yuri, he's yeah, he's Slovenian. Slovenian. Me and my dad were sitting in this hotel in Bari and we saw this young boy, and uh, it was his agent at the time, and my dad was like. I think that's, because my dad loves to, like, listen to my heart. I, and my dad was like, I think that's the boy, bathroom. it's the left back that's saying it. He was like, "What? up, speak to him. So I was like, okay, I'll go up. I introduce myself and blah, 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 blah. And then when I was obviously, when I was going to sign for Barry, I was, like I say to you, it was 50-50. I was like, mm, I don't want to sign. Right, I'll okay, you know, sign. I don't want to sign. Like, <laughs> so I was telling him this every day. So every day, every day was changing. Yuri, I'm sorry, I'm going home tomorrow. Like, I can't stand there. The next day he'd be like, no, no, no I'm staying. I'm staying so we formed a really, really close uh, relationship because we arrived together. And yeah, I started to play at the beginning. He never played straight away, but then got into the team. So like the goal was like from both of us. Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted to celebrate with him because we arrived together. went through a wee bit difficult times together in the beginning, like, like everybody does when they move away from home. So no, it was just to celebrate with him because he was probably my, the best friend that I made in Italy was probably, was probably him, but he's in Turkey now. Is that in, in Italia? the joys of travel. You said you struggled. I mean, how difficult was it? What were the things? I think the realisation is just the fact that I was going to be away for home. Like I'd be away from my mum, dad, my brothers, uh, Rebecca at the beginning because she was still at university, my friends. I Like to be fair, I, when I signed, uh, I was signed, there was obviously half it when I was signing, but when I went back to the hotel room and I had the realisation that it was that was me, I was staying here. I had a wee try myself. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I don't know if I've made the right made the right decision. Just I think just doubts in my head. But then obviously when the game started and I started to play, they they went away. They went away. They went away, you know, they went away fast. Do the club look after you? I, I'm, I'm not looking for criticism, but
3: I, I suppose I really mean what does what did Barry do? Because I, I've seen many clubs with vastly different ideas about what it is. A, a lot of clubs, including some very big clubs, think. The, the chase is everything: persuading the player, spotting the player, pleasing the coach, paying the agents' uh, commission, getting the contract done, and then not like you're on your own, but kind of. Whereas other
2: clubs um, are all over you. It was a wee bit like you're on your own, but I think that's just this st- the style here because it's been the same. It's been, they do the basics to help you, but then it's you need to do it yourself. Which I think is, which I think is good. Which I think is good rather than being wrapped in cotton wool and having everything done for you because then you kind of do basic things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I need to go to the bank, I need to organise my own car, I need to organise the apartment, which is how it should be. You can't expect everything to be handled. The okay. kind of point, though, is that the majority of your colleagues,
3: if they were young Italians, have Italian agents to, to do that. Well, but so so, all you were that, ultra ultra on your own.
2: No, but I had, I, had, uh, I had an Italian agent okay. as well who, done, who obviously done the deal with my agent at the time was Eddie Jennings he's with Joey Barton at Bristol Rovers now okay. so he's like sporting director there but yeah Emiliano obviously I was helping Emiliano but he's in Genoa which is north-north and I'm south-south we couldn't be further apart <laughs> so was obviously I was calling him on the phone he was getting contact with the club etc etc to, to help out but I, I rather I, I preferred it that way because it made me have to go out and start speaking to people I love your attitude and trying to speak Italian and stuff like that so it helped me helped me adjust quicker
3: And, and what about, um, you, you know, you arrive and you're playing for Fabio Rosso. Yeah. Um, I was, I followed it in 2006 World Cup as a, as a reporter. So I was in the training camp. They had a little, the Casa Azzurri yeah. in Duisburg They took over the whole Duisburg Stadium and got all, you know, blue and white and, and green. And, and it was a sensational place. And Grosso did exceptional things but the goal in against Germany uh, yeah against Germany Pirlo and no look passing yeah it was just and, and there was no angle and it's extra time mm-hmm. Germany have never lost there I think uh, because it's in Dortmund Stadium it's a Citadel's fortress the noise the atmosphere is sensational and Lippi has put on like counter to I'm so much older than you but your dad will remember too. The 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 reason he loved the Renaissance of Italian football was that it was totally contrary to all the Catenaccio and man marking and yeah. sterile football. And Litby had the, been a sweeper at Sampdoria back in the battle days. a libero, and he'd been told if you even, if if we see you even seeing the halfway line, never mind crossing it, you'd be fined and dropped. And he told me we went there with Tom, Tommy Burns to interview him as, yes. as you know. And he, he went, if I'm ever a coach, I'm going to do the opposite. So he did that with the Tridentia at Juventus, and with, with, but with Italy in those days against Germany, they put on five forward.
2: But the forwards they had then, you couldn't leave them on the bench. Do you know what's mad though? See when I look back, seeing that tournament, I was on holiday in Italy, like on holiday in Italy with my family. I remember watching the, the final in a small like bar with my brothers, my mom and dad, watching the final. Gross obviously scored the winning penalty. And then when you look, like, fast forward, when I came to Italy, he was my first manager. Like, I like the idea there's fate, et cetera, et cetera, but yeah. do you know what I mean? It's just when you look back at these things, it's, it's strange. If you put your governs into
3: the mix of, of fate and kismet and the world, if you throw the dice in there, sometimes the dice will come right back to you with sixes. And, and it's not, like, pure destiny, because you have to act. Uh, you have to, when you're going, like, you know, Bristol Rovers or, or, or Barry, you have to a Barry. So if you, it's like these games where if that or the people that roll the dice and rule the right life by rolling the dice, you roll the dice, and therefore
2: you got Fabio Grosso, who as a wee man you're you're standing watching in the bar. Oh, well, I know it's mental, but he was amazing for me. He was amazing for me when I first came for the style of football that like, he wanted to play and the way, like, talk us through him a little bit. He put me straight in the team, like sh- straight in the team. Which I found no strange, but I was like, maybe he's going to give me like two or three weeks to yeah. like get adjusting. But no, it threw me straight in the team. Threw me straight in the team. And the director at the time, Sean, who's uh, for me is a top director, That actually brung me, brung me too badly because he's seen me in, I don't know, the youth league youth, youth league with Celtic and some Scotland games. that Where well, you must have really stood out. I think so, I I feel like I'm appreciated by... The Italian team, I don't, I, it's hard to understand, it's hard to explain, but I feel like I'm appreciating the Italian, uh the people who watch football, the fans, the journalists, I feel like I'm appreciated a lot for the way I play here in Italy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Maybe in Scotland I was, I was playing good and stuff, but I, I didn't feel like I got... We as a nation, in my opinion, so I'm not putting words in your mouth,
3: uh, we still don't appreciate when maybe there's an on-field strategy that might be more thoughtful, maybe a little bit more constructible, a little bit slower. We have changed, I think, from lump it in there, run hard, bash into people and then pick up the scraps. Yeah. Which we became for a little while. Yeah. And from my taste, when I watch you, there's, there's vision left and right, there's vision in front of you. It's a highly responsible role you play, whether you play right midfield or more centrally. Or if the team, if you start right and the team moves up, you move in. You have to have vision, you have to have patience, and it's, it's, it took, for my taste, it's a much more, I think it's a more intelligent brand of football. And I think also in Scotland, Ryan, don't think in the media particularly, we're trained, we don't often write about football. We write about football as theatre so we can yeah. get back pages where we uh, are arguing and pointing at each other. There's not a lot of football analysis in Scotland, whereas here, it's, it's you know, perhaps a, a sickness. They're overly analytical, and therefore I can see why. What you do, what you want to do in a team, what you think your
2: role is, what responsibility you will take, how you use the ball—I understand that it fits better. Yeah. And obviously, I'm not. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not saying I'm playing for the top top clubs in Italy, but the fact that I feel appreciated by a nation that's won four World Cups, like I feel the appreciation. So the the, the general public who watch football know what they're talking about here. They live and breathe football. So the fact that I'm appreciated being a Scot, Scots person playing football in Italy. I'm appreciating, bad. I don't know a small part in this country makes me feel amazing. Like it's, it's it's a good feeling. It is really a good feeling, and I'm glad that, like, I'm glad that I've came and came and played and stuck it out. Obviously, when there was difficult difficult times as well. And Grosso took you with him, um, but we've got we've got socials
3: who've supported us, guys who have been um, by guys. I mean, men and women who've been with us right from the start. Who, who are like season ticket holders, We've asked them for a couple of questions. Okay. I think this one fits now from Alan Brown. I think you've hinted at it. Did you go to Italy with the intention of staying so long? And if not, was there a specific point when you decided to go all in, learn the language, explore the
2: culture and, and, and stay? That's a good question because after Barry, after the six months at Lanny where I'd done really well. They obviously went bankrupt, so I became a free agent. There was a wee bit of like small bit with my agent about maybe coming back from England because oh i have done really really well and I was like it's I was like I've only been here six months it's too soon it's far too soon to go home it's too, it's too soon for me to go home so I was like Grosso went to Verona and I was like you know what he liked me at Barry he played me every game I'm going to follow him because I was still young as well still only 22 so I was like nah I'm going to follow him I'm going to stick it out I'm going to stick it out I don't want to just jump shit at the first sign no adversity I like it. what you're saying To Who phoned dude Did you send Fabio I said Fabio I'm coming with you or did No no he, he, phoned, <laughs> he phoned me He wrote me up To be fair and He wrote me a message I think So I could google translate it And like yeah. Put it in English So I could understand it He wrote yeah. me a message And obviously Barry Went bankrupt Which he was Obviously devastating mm. For the fans Etc etc Because mm. they had to start From scratch But they're back in Serie A B now and hopefully next year They can They can get up to Serie A But yeah I think maybe That the fact to being been here for only six months and then going to Verona, I think that. And then after COVID, see, after lockdown, because obviously I kept employee alone in the January, then lockdown happened in the March. And here it was tough. Like in Italy, it was like really, really tough. I was here alone for like 60 days in, in, a, in an apartment. And then it was proper lockdown, wasn't it? Proper lockdown, you couldn't leave. You had to go to the... I was lucky enough, I lived above a supermarket, so I could literally walk down steps, go in and get my food and walk back upstairs. But then 60 days... 63 days by myself with like basically no human contact but some women at the supermarket and I says after I'd done my loan spell at Empty because we restarted we restarted in July I says to Major Amber Hall, I was like I don't care where I go I want, I want to go home I was like get me home I can't, I can't stay here any longer I can't like especially if it's we don't know when this is actually going to end so I was like I want to go home I was like I'll take I don't care I'll take so much less money I, I'm the money's I'm no, Not bother about money it's never been a motivational thing for me about money I was like just get me back home and then he was like Emiliano who's been really good for my career was like Liam just relax like go home take a deep breath go on holiday come back and then we'll discuss it and then obviously I, he was like right I think we should stay here and I was like right okay he was like right we've got Lecce here who are willing to pay money for you when clubs are in the financial meltdown they're willing to pay around a million euros for you. So it shows you they want you and it shows you are still appreciated. I was like, right, okay, let's go. And it ended up on you. We can't jump to Lecce
3: before we talk a little bit about Verona because I, I spent a lot of time looking at your matches yeah. um, and it was joyful to watch, um, particularly because... Um Grosso takes you takes Maroni and yeah. um, two of you were sent off together the previous, yeah, beautiful it was you that gave him the assist in that first that gave yeah. the, the, the two red cards takes Balkovich, I think he takes Sisi yeah. Yeah. Karamoko yeah. Um, and every goal you score that season is in a 2-1 win um, which is very nice and you know there's one that's a beautiful dummy by Di Carmine and Traore and um, that was very nice but there's one where do you score the goal where it's the best free kick in the history of world football.
2: Uh-huh. And against Perugia. from about four metres. But athlete, you know that... So tell us the story about... No, that season, I played against the, the goalkeeper for Perugia was Gabriel, who is from Brazil. And, I, and then when I went to Lecce, I played with him. And so I scored twice. I scored twice in that season. Yeah, home and away. Home and away. Yeah, that's right. The home one was me and Yuri, for example, because Yuri's standard of the ball. I let him hit the first free kick and I was raging because he whatever. I said, really? We're not touching this one, I'm hitting this one. But I practice, like it's something that I practice, corners, free kicks, I think it's important for me, it's like I'm that to have different armour in my locker. To be able to hit set pieces, hitting free kicks, I think it's important. And I'd say I've got a good technique to do so, so aye, that, that free kick was a nice free kick. Not the best free kick I've scored though, but it was... Get away. Nah. Aw, well, I've all seen the other one, have you, scored One fun, him's it been set? St. I
3: need to go and look for it then. One, uh, but the, well I'm not, I can't contest this I can't argue with my guests uh, but, but no I mean it's it's about I mean it's 35 uh, plus meters it's a long way out uh, but also it's such a pure strike because the keeper's never getting there uh,
2: it's top corner but the trajectory is and to be fair I enjoy like staying out after a and and Bradson it's something uh, that I, I do after training a lot. And it's a good laugh as well. You got a good laugh. Have you always done that? Always I always 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 for like eight years old I've always hit freaking Natural or taught by your dad to to do extra? A bit of both to be honest, because there's a good there's a good story for example. <laughs> my dad was always one where you need to have the right attitude. He's no he was never one for mistakes. Mistakes happen like blah blah blah. But he says if you're not applying yourself no, you know, one if I, chatting. If I, Yeah, if you're not applying yourself and I don't see you applying yourself because obviously him and my mum were running me all over the country four nights a week, do you know what I mean? Four nights a week for training and on the weekends with my brothers as well. So it was tough and money wasn't like flowing in either. So they were, they were spending a lot of money on me and my brothers. So for example, uh, after the game when I was young and uh, we always laugh about this now and I'm, gl- I'm glad they done it. Like I'm, it's turned me into the man I'm supposed to be with the vowels, etc. So if I didn't apply myself, when I came back after the game, I'd have to wash his car. I'd have to wash his car. <laughs> wash his car. <laughs> so I remember there was a spell when I was at that, at that teenage age, but 14, 15, where, you know, that way where sometimes you can be a wee bit like, I am the man, etc., etc. Et so there was maybe, don't know, I must have washed his car about 12 or 13 pounds out here. <laughs> after the game, but I'm glad he done that. His big thing was I always had to get in the ball. So if I wasn't working hard enough to get in the ball, then if I wasn't tracking runners, if I was being lazy off the ball, et cetera, et cetera. But he was always one for you need to go in 100%, apply yourself 100%. And he he could always tell when it wasn't the case.
3: Your dad's coming out of this in pretty well, actually. No, no. He's going to have to be a future get. I know. Oh. When you look at your trajectory, which is Barry, and then Verona, which is Jordan, I Joe always said it was the most beautiful city in Italy. I don't know what you thought of the
2: club or the city. but no, it's, it's aren't it was beautiful, are I've had to be piling up for of every club that I've played for in Italy, and the people behind the scenes, etc., etc., they've all been amazing. Like, amazing, which is, I think in football is hard, because football, there is a lot of bullshit. It goes on lot non-stop like constantly there's a few industries where people lie to you whereas I've I've not had that experience when when I've been in Italy and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I've stayed as well because everybody's just for me to me has been quality yeah very very good
3: and and in Verona was there a bit of an impact that they had under Scott after Joe had played there or
2: had people kind of forgotten he's a legend I hope so he's an absolute legend guest on this series legend I listened to the I listened to that it, was yeah. quite, it was quite a guy I listened to that and it was amazing but I met him I met him at one game he played Salerno so I got to speak to him in that before the game it was amazing it was amazing but like I always speak about this as well because I was also the first player to come and play in Italy for 35 years and like the last guy playing Italy was Graham Souness which is obviously he's an absolute legend he's in my alternate the, world of legend 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 and uh it was funny when I always see my name like because it popped up. It was obviously like Sunus, Joe Jordan, Dennis Law, and me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fine, eh? How can you put? How can I even be in the same brackets then? But do you know? What, do you know what I mean? And there was one when they got promoted with Verona. Some guy on Twitter and done like a picture, and it was like the name playing in Italy, and then a picture of me with the Verona shirt, and I was like, This is this is mental. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Nice. I mean, three absolute great Dennis comes from my city and I spend a lot of time um, with the trust that works on his behalf to to change things in the streets in Aberdeen and, and Dennis would be really proud of you I mean without question massively proud of you and he's older now and I, I don't know if you've spoken to Suey about it but after this interview I, I will um, because I think he's somebody who um, also felt more appreciated perhaps for his skills not by the devoted fans when he wins things but he said, "I asked him out in Syria, and he said it was easier because yeah. it's slower. Now that's those days, yeah. not now. No, now is. but he, he, I, I said, listen, when you went at that age, and you went into this division where things were, you know, like your dad said, it was the best league in the world, He found it less demanding, achieved more time on the ball,
2: yeah.
3: uh, which isn't the case now. I, I
2: find training harder here, though. They train like anim- like animals here. Tell us a little bit about what's demanded of you. Just the fact that." The, the running in double sessions and the fact that here is the manager's in charge. Like the manager's in charge, whereas my experience back in, when I played in Scotland, yeah, I was young. I was really young. Yeah. You know? So I never had the same but you could feel like the players controlled the dress uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah. So like obviously the manager would be in charge. But if the players felt like, oh, maybe it's better to do this, the players could go and say to the manager, yeah. look, maybe today we can take it a little bit more easy on. We need a day off here, blah, 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 blah. But here it's, that's not, that's Didn't, not don't even Don't even think about that. Like, so leaving up for discussion. What the manager says, what the manager says goes. Do you know what I mean? And you couldn't say to the captain, could you go and speak to the manager? They'd be like, nah. it's no, it's not how it works. It's interesting because clearly, you know, over time the Italian system has
3: functioned and worked. And there might have been a time in, in Scotland, there was in England where, Managers were more all powerful, but it's, the more I interview people, the more I learn that in some areas, some eras, one thing is not so good. And then you change it in other eras, it is. So for example, and it also is how it's applied. So for example, I'll often find elite coaches with elite players. So, um, you had good players around you at <laughs> Celtic, they were yeah. describing character players who maybe just felt we we can share control with yeah. the manager. I've seen superb coaches who, who will listen. Who like that dialogue between the group or the leaders and and me. I'm, I feel secure enough that I'm cool. going to let the occasional piece of guidance come from them. And and I've also spoken to top top level coaches who be like, "Yeah, you have to treat certain players differently." No, it's not. That's not opposed to what you're saying. But it's it's funny to me how sometimes it, like it could be portrayed as a weakness of a coach as a listener to his group. Yeah. And sometimes it's a strength because the group was right and the coach was like, oh, I'm glad you said that. And therefore,
2: yeah.
3: I don't know if it's one less journey or one less training session, no. or we'll no. go three at the back or whatever it is. Sometimes that dialogue is useful. Now, sometimes that total control that you're talking about that yeah. you've experienced is vital for order and, and behavior. I don't know.
2: No, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I, I, To be honest, after, after I said it, and it's, you know, who's... Who's a boss. Personally, I prefer when it's the manager's in charge what he says goes, because there's no black, there's no grey areas. It's black or white. Who's been
3: the best you've had since you've been here, or what are the differences? Is a better way to say it. To,
2: to be honest, all the coaches I've hired have been really good here. I've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of respect for all of them. Obviously, Zoli last year was the first coach. Yeah. to tr- trust me at the highest level. So obviously for him, for me, he's he's uh, been important. You're it's probably Torino. He's, uh, I've only played like four times for him, but he changed my whole outlook about how you need to work. Especially if you're a kind of underdog, when you're playing against the bigger, the bigger boys, you need to run 10 times harder, 10 times faster than them, because obviously they've got more talent. You can't have been short of a work ethic, given all the car cleaning that you had to do. When I play the games and they use the GPS and the data and stuff, I'm always top, Top runner, top three runners, distance covered, etc., cetera, et cetera. So for me, that's the
3: oh, one. Wow. So Juric is what doing, finessing it so that y- you
2: were applying that effort. Yeah, but, but the like, fact that I didn't, I didn't really play under Juric. I played the, I played the first two, started the first two games, and didn't play for whatever reason. Uh, to be fair, the team were playing amazing. He told me that the team are playing amazing. I kind of begin. when they, when they start playing bad, there's maybe an opportunity for you there. Which I was like, right, that's perfect. I would rather it was like like that with me he says I I love your attitude etc and training training. we had a good group in Verona then when he first came because even the boys who weren't playing as much because he basically stuck with his team the 11 that played played the whole year because they done well but the boys like the the 11-12 boys who weren't playing were going 100% every day in training